Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go on there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tuesday's Big Blue Kickoff. Not live on Giants.com <laughs> and the Giants mobile app and podcast platforms everywhere. I'm John Schmelk. Boy, it has been quite the morning. We have Paul Dettino stepping in next man up. Uh, Howard Cross and we had some Howard Cross going to make it today. We had some cross signals, but everything's good. We got Paul here because Paul sleeps here pretty much. And <laughs> I just walked down the hall and there he was. I was going to grab Wink Martindale. He was right next to him. But Wink said no. So we have Paul here. I got you. Um, and by the way, I know we're not live, but I just tweeted out, people, if you want to you know, call in, we will screen your calls and take them if you're out there, and you can listen to the show while when you're on hold, and we can do it that way. So it is what it is. It is what it is. We got people working on the stream, and um, we know the good news is that we know what the issue is. We just got to figure out the fix for it, and uh, it's out of our control down here, but those top men are on top of things working on it. Yes, those top men. How are you, Paul? Um, well, John, it's a it's a, a little chillier out today. I know those folks who were expecting to watch the Yankees last night uh, I know. have to go back now this afternoon. And now this is a problem for me. Four to seven. My wife had to go into the office to work today. And the game's on from four to seven. That is prime pickup kids, oh. get dinner ready. Like this that this might be a takeout night at this point. Like this uh, might be uh pizza? have the game on the Maybe? radio. I made a pizza last night, so I don't think I want to do pizza again. Okay. But this is definitely a have the game on the radio, get the kids on the way home, pick up food and just try to yeah. you know, as she complains why she can't watch, you know, Daniel Tiger, I'm like, no, Yankees game five. A dear <laughs> a dear friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours who is a diehard Yankees guy, as you know, I will not name him, but he is a very good friend of both of ours, uh, was at the game yesterday and was in the cold so and was the chill. My, so was my brother, by okay. the way. And he did not get home to Connecticut until approximately midnight. And we talked yesterday, and you said, John, are you going to the game? Because for people that don't, my, my, my brother and I, we basically split season tickets. We right. have two tickets. But now that I have t- he's he's married, he's 10 years older than me, but he never had any kids, so he can do whatever he wants. Okay. My life's not as simple. <laughs> No. So I, I can't I can't go to as many as Bob Papa said to me the other day when I told him I wasn't going to the game. He goes, Schmelk, you're finally an adult. I go, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. So I wasn't going to go to the game yesterday. And as I sat there, I had TBS on the television texting with my brother and it said, this game is delayed. We'll have further updates. I'm like, you know what? 
Not that upset I didn't go to the game. <laughs> not at <laughs> not, all. Not really that upset I didn't go to the game. I heard the traffic coming out of there was so bad. Uh, our friend said it oh, took yeah, him. because they all left at the same time. Correct. Oh, because boy. everybody stayed thinking the game yeah. could be played, right? Yeah, that's luckily. See, I wouldn't know because my brother subways it from Brooklyn. So that's okay. why, yeah. It took no him over 20 minutes to walk out of the stadium. Oh, crap. Then he sat in his car idling in the parking lot for over a half hour. Wow. <laughs> and then had the traffic on the highway outside the stadium. And finally didn't get home until almost midnight that by the sounds, time it was all done. That sounds wonderful. I have some Twitter questions coming in, too, so we can get to okay. those as we go along, which is good. Um, I didn't have a chance to talk about the game poll. You and Lance, I thought, did a good job yes. breaking it down yesterday. Let me just throw a couple little nuggets in go that I kind of looked at watching the tape, none of which should surprise you because you edited my written story in which most of these nuggets are going to be pulled from. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yet, nuggets they are. Um, I thought, quite frankly, the... Pass protection in the first half, not too good. Pass protection in the second half, better, pretty good. Yeah. And on that, the one long scoring drive in the second half, there were three pass plays that all went for first downs, one mm-hmm. for 17 yards, one for 18 yards. And again, you guys should go check out my film review on Giants.com. It's all up there. Please With check clips. it out. With clips. Has, yeah, there's 10 different videos in there. There's a lot of clips. So you can see everything I'm talking about. Uh, Rob Browning pulls all those from me every Monday morning in the middle of the other stuff. And he doesn't have time for anything. So trust me, I'm very happy that he's able to do that. Um, so there were three plays that went for first downs on that drive. I think I have my play-by-play here somewhere mm-hmm. here. Oh, here we go. I got it right here in front of me. Usually I don't I usually don't try to file my play-by-play with my notes until Wednesday because I know we're going to talk about it a little bit. So on a third and four, Daniel Jones hits Marcus Johnson for 18. Four-man rush, blocked by only five offensive linemen, no chips, no help, good protection. Uh, two plays later, after a two-yard loss on a run, second and 12. Four-man pressure, five-man protection. Daniel Jones, clean pocket. Hits Wando Robinson on a cross, 17 yards, first down. Two longest pass plays of the game for the Giants. Not a surprise that some plays where you get good protection and they didn't leave extra people in to block because more guys are out in your route, right? And then, let's see, where's the next one? Two plays after that on a second and five. Uh, you get a shallow cross, David Sills, eight yards for first down, and that's when Saquon Barkley had one of two phenomenal blitz pickups. I think it was Demarion Williams on no, it was Demarion Williams on the other one. This was a, I think this was a different defensive back. I don't require, I don't have it written down who it was, but he picked somebody up on the blitz. He came, it was an extra DB mm-hmm. coming off the left edge mm-hmm. around Evan Neal. He slides over, picks him up. He had picked up. Um, uh, the other DB on an inside rush on a long play on the whip wrap by Wanda Robinson in the second quarter. So, you know, those are three big plays, Paul. Without good pass protection on those plays, the Giants do not come down and score that touchdown to make it 2017. So I think we are seeing, again, it's not where you want it to be yet, and we haven't seen them really open up the offense yet and really expose the line. Mm-hmm. But I think confidence even within the coaching staff is growing in the unit that they were willing to not keep extra guys in in those situations. And by the way, those are non-play action passes too. They were straight dropbacks. Correct. So when I say no help to the O-line, you know, there was one play where Barkley was back there, but he didn't have to block anybody because no one came free. So 
Well, they didn't that, run the ball well in the first half. They ran it a few times, and when they did, right. they didn't run it well. So play action was not going to be that effective. So, but again, I just thought it was. I was happy to see that on those three plays specifically, when you didn't run play action, you didn't bring, keep extra guys in the chip, that they were able to protect to give Daniel Jones time to make those big plays. I was really glad when I went through your notes that you had mentioned the blitz pickups, aside from what the line has done, you mentioned not only Barkley, but Breida. Breida had a really good really nice pickup, one. too. I'm trying to remember which play it was, but there was a really nice one in there. And and to me, to me, that is a significant issue because over the course of time, we've talked about how Barkley needed to get better at that. And, and he, he had, is. He struggled, he's getting he's, better. He's better this year. He is getting better at it. And the fact that Breida, who can spell Barkley, obviously— mm-hmm. Um, he shows that he's not a liability back there. He can do it. So if you throw Barkley back there, it's not like a defense can say, okay, we're going to take advantage of him because there's no way he's going to pick somebody up. That's that's not the case. Matt Breedy can do it, and he showed he could do it. Now, I don't remember the specific play. I mean, I don't have any of my game notes here I'm with looking me. for it. Didn't expect to do the show. No, I know today. you did it. I know. It's but, fine. But, <laughs> but it's good to see that those guys are prepared enough and willing enough and executing at a high enough level to pick up a blitz when necessary. Uh, Breda blitz pick up a third and four uh, Giants. And it was a first down pass the play, third too. quarter. Bellinger, seven yards. There you go. And the, by the way, that was a Patrick Queen blitz, too. That wasn't a DB. That was a linebacker, and he did a really good job picking him up. So this is an added part of the repertoire that's going to allow them to be a little more, uh, I don't know if the word is is uh, aggressive, but it will allow them to open up a few more pages of the playbook if they can trust that either of these guys can pick up a blitz. Agreed. All right, I have a few more nuggets I want to get to, but given we're not live and we actually have three calls on the line, I feel like that's I really need to cool. get to them. That's phenomenal. You guys do a Why am I not surprised? Our callers do a great job. Look, the one thing you could say, especially during the year, we never have a want for calls. Nope. Whenever we need calls, you guys are there for us, and we really do appreciate that. Trust us. So now we're going to basically make believe that we're live here, right? So let's go do it. But first, a reminder, go subscribe to the Giants Huddle podcast feed. The podcast features a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysts, an episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst. We're going to have Steve Palazzolo from Pro Football Focus this week. And then a game preview featuring a long-form interview with a current Giant player. Last week, we had Dexter Lawrence. Looking for either Saquon or Daniel this week. We'll see if that works out. We also have a sit-down Bob Popper with Brian Dable on that episode. And then Paul and Lance talk to a reporter covering the opponent that week. And, you know, Lance usually gives us about, like, what, 45 minutes on that interview, Paul? No, it's actually around. <laughs> he seems that way. It's, he it's keeps those poor 20. people so long. Yeah, he does. Uh, search for the Giants Huddle Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or Giants.com slash podcast. All right. Great job on the phone, guys. Thank you very much. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. And some different names, too. Roy and Charleston will lead us off. Roy, what's going on? Hey, guys. First Hi. time caller and listen to you for a long time. Well, Roy, thanks for calling. You, you picked a great day. We're not live, so it was easy to get through. <laughs> Man, this is fantastic. I had no idea. I was, I was chomping at the bit. I, I missed you guys yesterday. And... Um, I'm originally from Manhattan, so I've been in Charleston since 85 and a Giants fan since, uh, geez, uh, 80, 1980, since, almost since I moved down here. Well, thanks anyway, for listening, Roy. What do you got for us today? Well, I really appreciate you guys. Well, first of all, the growth of our team is just phenomenal. I see these players like Daniel. You know, everybody, it's nice to hear some other commentaries like on SiriusXM and uh, the uh, uh, Good Morning Football, that they are recognizing that Daniel is holding his own and he's, his efficiency is, is good. And so that's, that's, that's really encouraging. And not to mention the O-line. The O-line, just listening to what you guys were talking about, how, uh, you know, um, Daniel's getting a clean pocket. He's not shuffling around. He's able to hit guys and have some time. Feliciano coming back after he was hurt, he came back. I mean, it's just it's just great coaching, and these guys love each other and they're fighting for one another. I think it's just phenomenal. I will um, I will throw out something here because I think it's appropriate. You're talking about Daniel Jones and the passing game. You know, John, I don't know how many people realize this. Wondell Robinson, who had a cameo in the first game and then got hurt with the sprained knee, he was going to be one of my Nuggets. Go right ahead. Right? Mm-hmm. So he played 15 snaps on a pitch count against Baltimore. Going into this week's game against and, Jacksonville, he'll play more. And by the way, immediately in those 15 snaps, got more separation than any other giant receiver has gotten this year. Uh, and and, and <laughs> to saying. prove the point that you just mentioned, did you know that on all four of his catches, he has converted a first down I did not realize and that. has a touchdown in one of those four catches? A good one. Okay. So he he finds the sticks and he finds room. We saw it in the summer, Paul. We all expected he was going to be. And we we touched in our over-unders preseason. We all thought Wondell might lead, if maybe Saquon. But if not Saquon, Wondell Robinson would probably lead this team in catches this year. I I think it was easy to say he'd catch over 50 for sure, if not more. And now with all these injuries, with Shep not there, it's it's like it's a no-brainer. So I... I'm going to hesitate to just say, like, he's going to explode to be a superstar. But I do think we see him bringing an added element to this receiver room that to this point, because of the injuries and how thin it's been, they have not had. And I'll throw this out there, too. I think it's – and I, I, I kind of talked to Mike Grow about this, and he gave me the, you know, very, you know, it's a good problem to have type of answer, um, which is all I expect the coach to give me um, when I was chatting with him about it. Um, you know, Richie James is a slot guy. And he's yeah. probably been, as a receiver, their 
most consistent receiver up until this point. Yes. So you want to get Wando on the field, but is that going to come at the expense of Richie James, which is really not fair to Richie James. He didn't do anything wrong. No, he played pretty well. But so that's going to have to be a balance they're going to have to strike there in some way. The shape, one good thing about Richie, even though he is better as a slot guy, I do think that because of his experience and because they love the fact that he studied his butt off you all offseason, I think he can do it. Okay. Now, it's not his best position, mm-hmm. but the team needs him there. And I think he can, like when Shep went outside. Remember for a while there, Shep was playing outside on the boundary because that's where they needed him. Shep's a little bit more suited to it than Richie James is. I think Richie Richie can get by doing it if they have to. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, look, Wondell Robinson is going to add some oregano to this pizza, and he's going to have to be part of what they're doing. Roy, you got anything else for us? I, I think I think Wandell's going to add some sausage to this piece of pizza. <laughs> I'm telling you, some really what are those like good spicy Italian pepper sausage. flakes you can put on the pizza. I, 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 <laughs> oh, the hot pepper, got, huh? Yeah, yeah, Stop. all that. I got I got one more thing for yeah. you. I figured out Charlie. I figured out Charlie. No, you didn't. I figured out. I did. I figured out why he is down on Daniel Jones because he was like me. He was salty when they pulled Eli out, and they didn't give Eli a chance to finish the season. Now, of course, this is just conjecture, but I was there. I was like, I was real salty about the fact that they didn't let Eli get in there and at least try three, four, five games. But they pulled him early, and I think After Charlie has not. Yep, and I think Charlie has not gotten over that, and so he's still salty that Eli was pulled too soon, and he can't accept Daniel Jones. But see, like me. I think Daniel Jones is our franchise guy. I think he has improved exponentially from last year and the year before. And so I think that's, I think that's Charlie's biggest issue. Wow. And um, last thing, last thing, it's just, I, I really think that's it because he's just really bitter the fact that they pulled Daniel, um, excuse me, they pulled Eli in game two. I will add one, one thing, thing to I, your comment before you continue. I will add one thing. I don't think anybody was more vocal about the disgust over pulling Eli when he was pulled than I was. In fact, to this day, I, I it's still you, it still makes my gut fume that Eli was pulled after two games. I, I, I am still angry as hell over that and believe that Eli deserved the opportunity to go for at least another two to four weeks. At least. And and but I, you can't hold that against Daniel. He had nothing to do with it. No, absolutely. Anyway, and, go and, ahead. And I'm, and I'm complete. And and I, every every Sunday, I put on my Eli shirt. I put on my number ten jersey. Uh, and last thing, I just want to give a shout out to Tim in Charleston. I don't know where you watch the games if you don't watch them at home, but I'm hoping to catch you one day at one <laughs> of the bars, like in Park Circle. So um, God bless you guys. Uh, you have kept me going over being being a. Uh, um, uh, uh, a lost New Yorker here in Charleston, but I love Charleston. I wouldn't change it for the world. You guys, are your 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 analysis, your commentary, and Paul. One last thing. Um, I actually, I'm so glad that you did the salsa dance, John. You got to bring it out. We got to see it. <laughs> I actually just th- 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 <laughs> thank you for the call, Roy. I actually just got the high res video from Monzo. I have it. I have high res. 
It isn't just the like the crappy one you you like See, text the people. High res video, Monzo, ready to go. As a right here. diehard New York Rangers fan, <laughs> used to be a good friend of mine. Oh, Monzo's my guy. You but, know Monzo. but he'll, he'll I may never speak to him again. You have to understand, I'm the one that arranges his checks to get. I get it, but he could he could have <laughs> accidentally spiked it, deleted it, and lost Ooh. it, and you would have never known the difference. You don't understand the work I put in to orchestrate you doing that salsa last week. <laughs> it was a lot of effort. We talked about it like three different shows. Well, and I told that everyone knew to keep it secret. Much like this coaching staff, you deserve a lot of credit for your planning and your preparation. In any event, I don't want to see it. No, I don't wish to see it. Oh, that's awful. (laughs) I wish you were on video. There it is. There it is. No. Oh, you haven't seen this yet, right? No. 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 (laughs) It's it's terrible. It's fantastic. It's so, barely a salsa. No, yeah, ba- ba- yeah, barely a salsa. I think would be. I'll a, take it, I, I think that'd be a good way to put it. Barely a salsa. Also, I'm glad we're not streaming because Charlie would have called out by now. I yeah, that's a fair point. How yes. about we call out the shake and bake? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I, I think we have to come up with some, some kind of Italian name for it. All right, that's fine. It's not a salsa. Anyway, please let's move on. Yes, thank you very um, much. I, I actually want to get deeper. It's in. the marinara. The marinara. Oh, it's good. That's, that's really bad. good. I the accept marinara, that. That's not bad. I accept that. It's the marinara. The Italian sauce, salsa. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the Italian salsa. You're not wrong, Pierce. That's pretty good. Uh, well, I guess if your times would call it the gravy then, right? Not the marinara. Well, you know, some of us still go by sauce. Okay. Some go gravy, some go sauce. Anyway. Just like Sauce Gardner who's had a heck of a rookie year. He has. Did you see him wearing, his, wearing the cheese head? Yes. Up? It was pretty funny. It was. <laughs> it was. It was pretty funny. Um... But, you know, because it didn't seem like nasty. It just seemed like fun. Like, yeah. He wasn't like being like good. To- like, look, it's kind of jerky, but he wasn't like being a jerk while doing no. it. He kind of he seemed like it was more fun. Not than like the Indian else. who was rocking the baby after the touch after the uh, the guardian who was rocking the baby after go. the home run. Yes. Now that's being a clown. Yes, that is true. Yeah, that is true. Um, the Guardian. Anyway. I got to get that straight. The Guardian. <laughs> go ahead. Last week I got so confused. I started calling the Commanders the Guardians. Did you? I, 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 I definitely <laughs> did that on at least one show. I don't know how I managed to accomplish that oh. feat, but I did. It was impressive, and I can't find the document. There it is. All right, let's go to um, Marty and Manahawk, and he's up next. Hey, Marty. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hi. Hey, maybe we maybe we could let Paul do the Tarantella to redeem himself from the South Side. The what? <laughs> we can let Paulie. I'm done. My, my, my dancing <laughs> shoes are being burned. Okay, I may never be able to wear those wingtips again after after what I just had to do up there on Sunday. Yeah, hey, uh, I was wondering when is the uh, the trading deadline coming up? Because uh, I see some crazy rumors out there. I want to say it's the first week of November. Um, let me check that. November first, four there p.m. You go. So two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh. There, there's they're all over the place. Uh, uh, we're trading Tony, uh, which, I mean, you know, it, it may not be impossible looking at what you were just talking about with uh, Richie James and uh, Wondell Robinson. Hey, look, Marty, uh, I'll say this, though, and I have no opinion or comment on whether or not the Giants want to trade Kadarius Tony, will trade Kadarius Tony, blah, 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 blah. This is a totally hypothetical situation. He's hurt. Who's giving you a significant asset for a guy that hasn't been able to get on the field for the better part of a year at this point? His value outside no. the building has got to be very small. Like, the best way you can do it is try to get him healthy, rehabilitate his value, and have him be a productive player. I mean, 
trading him for pennies on the dollar, which I think is what they would have to do at this point. To try to I'm get a sure conditional that's pick. You. That's about the only thing you could possibly do if you wanted to and move again, him. And again, we're not, get saying, a and we're not saying this is what the Giants are doing. They should do. We want them to do or anything like that. This is just in response to to your point. Your hypothetical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the other the other uh, thing out there is, and Paul would uh, probably want to jump on it, is uh, Pittsburgh uh, looking to unload uh, Chase Claypool. John already gave me a, a massive headache with that yesterday. Yes, you you guys know how much I love that guy. Chase Claypool is is dynamite. I think he would be terrific. But again, I I don't know. I I, I don't know. Trades are so hard in this league. I know they, they really are. are. Well, yeah. you, well, it all takes a team like the Panthers who are looking to. You know, bottom out. Well, they just traded uh, Anderson to the Cardinals. Yeah, very. I thought the return would be a little bit bigger than that, but I guess I It guess just not. goes to show you what the market is for these guys right now. That's the other thing. Yep. You Remember, know, he, might have, he might have he might have forced his way out of there, though, too. No, that's well, he true. did. Okay. Well, You're right he about did. that, Marty. You're right about he that. He did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whether or not it's injury or dissatisfaction, when you go to a team uh, that, that has issues of any type with a player, you know you're going to lowball them. You know yeah, that, of yeah. course. And and the other part too, too, if you know the fans that want the Giants to trade for somebody, salary cap becomes an issue then too, right? Because you're going to have to redo another contract, and then that'll you know hamstring you next off. You know, and they've already in the last month they've signed veterans Jalen Smith and promoted them to practice to 53. Mm-hmm. Tony Jefferson yep. promoted to 53, yep. so that cost them extra money. They just signed Landon Collins to the practice squad. If they promote him to the 53, you're going to have to pay him a minimum veteran salary. Wasn't there another 53 promotion that I'm not thinking of? I think there was one other 53 man promotion. Marcus Johnson has been signed to the 53. No, yet, right? No, he's still practice squad. All right, and you, maybe that no uh, Fabian Moreau. Fabian Moreau, yes, that was the other one, and yep. and he's a veteran minimum. Yep. So that that's now eating into the little cap space that you got left. Mm-hmm. Every time those guys get bumped up, you got to pay him a little more. I know. They're yeah, they're running Marcus out of room. Johnson, I think Marcus Johnson might be at his third uh, his third elevation too. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Yep. Actually, Marty, that's a good point. Yep. He's got one more, right? He's been elevated twice. I think he's been elevated. Twice. twice. I got him twice. I could be wrong. I thought it was twice. But in any event, you know, again, if they think that he's going to be part of this future, you know, in terms of the next two, three to months, you're going to have to bring him up. And that's going to cost yeah. you more money, too. He's, uh, in, he's in this league, what, six years? I take that back, Paul. It was Is it th- three. Was that he, his third? He, he was a third straight last week. Okay. So the Giants so- are going to have to activate him now. I mean, yeah, that's, and that's going to cost you some more money, too. Well, they're running out of nickels and dimes here, my man. They're down to pennies. So if they want to activate him again, <laughs> they're going to have to sign him to the 53. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of nickel and dimes, when are they going to give you some money so you guys can get uh, everything back on video and uh, and stuff over there? How about we just get back live first? How yeah. about that? Actually, Marty, <laughs> uh, we actually have just acquired an item that should help us go video. It's been a pain acquiring this item, and there's been a lot of back and forth. Pearson's done a good job. He's like Indiana Jones trying to find the pieces to like an ancient puzzle to try to get this thing together. Uh, but hopefully... Either, if not next week, we might just wait till the bye just because we'll have more time to put it together. But I feel fairly confident that it's sometime in early November we should be on video and you'll get to see Paul Salsa live on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Only if Pearson doesn't oh. get rolled over by a giant boulder. Yeah, he might. <laughs> yes, he could get rolled over by a giant boulder when he's on the golf course. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, he sprays Sounds around. good. All right. Thank you. It, Marty. Thanks for the call, man. 201 939 4513. Let's go to Ralph in Florida. He's up next. Ralph. 
Hey guys, how you doing, Johnny? Paulie uh, Doc, don't worry about the salsa. It's for Puerto Rican. You can never mess up the salsa. Don't worry about there it. There you go. Oh, Thank you haven't that. seen the video. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter. Paulie, Paulie, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can't mess up the salsa. Don't worry about it. All right, don't my man. Thank it. you. <laughs> hey, listen. So, no, hey, Johnny, last time I talked to you, was you gave me the honor to talk to Joe Shane, and actually I called about and I was able to ask Joe Shane who he valued more, a defensive, you know, defensive end or offensive lineman, and just luck have it, we got both at the draft. No, you're right about that. Yeah, you know what, yeah, I, I, I'm guessing that was when I, when I, when I took calls with, with uh, Joe at the Combine? Yes, yes, nice. yes, Very yes, good. yes, I got to, yeah. So, no, just I'm calling about Daniel Jones. Listen, at the end of the day, just this maturity, these last four games, I mean, I think he has learned from the Dallas game. Like, I think that Dallas game showed him that he can he can do a lot of things on the football field. Getting hammered, getting beat up, and still making plays off his back foot, making throws, and just reading the defense a lot. You know, his poise now, like there was a, even when he fumbled in the in the, in the last play of the, uh, the first half, the move in the pocket that he made, he jumped, he slid, he moved up. No, nah, I mean, he left the ball down. Okay, we got to fix that. But the movement in the pocket and that little that little three-second, four-second move, I was like, wow, I've never seen Daniel Jones do that. And they so worked a lot on that during the offseason, and we saw in the spring and the summer he was definitely more escapable than I had ever seen him before. But he still needs to learn how to slide better, John. And by the way, I oh, think... Oh, no, no. Oh, and, no. Oh, and, great. and I'll oh, throw great. this out there, too. Not just more escapable. I think he's making the decision to run quicker. Oh, yes, like, yes. And that's, that's what I was that, going to say, John. That's like, coaching. Yeah, there's coaching and his decision-making. Like, the play to me that really nobody talks about was the play in Green Bay. Was it Green Bay? No. I think it was Green Bay. Yeah, it was Green Bay. When he rolled out to the right before Brightwell's touchdown and there was nothing there, the old Daniel Jones would have tried to force something. The new Daniel Jones saw nothing there in two seconds and threw into the second row. That's the decision-making that you want to see out of him. He's, every throw that he has made in the last three weeks, I have not seen it be in harm's way. Like, it was either his receiver's going to get it or nobody. Like, the throw to Slayton in the end zone that Slayton could have come down with the one hand. How perfect was that pass? Only Slayton yeah. could have caught that ball. Yep. You're right. You're right. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, the, the, the maturity and the level that he is playing now. I mean, am I all in as far as the future? You know what? He's growing. I, I, I've always been a Daniel Jones fan, but now he's actually showing me that he can actually become a job. I mean, become a quarterback. And if you add them, if the weapons come back and actually play to their potential, a Galladay, a Tony, then, as you know, the sky's the limit on this offense. I mean, I understand we haven't scored 30 points and all of that, but guess what? We have really, let's be honest, pedestrian wide receivers. Wondell came back last week, and we could have put up 30. I mean, the defense help, of course, but that's a lot of teams get defensive help on, on, on a lot of points that they score. Very rarely do you see an offensive team just go out there and drop 35-40 without any interceptions or fumble recoveries. You understand what I'm saying? Look, whatever development this offense is going to have – as it tries to grow and continue to become a little bit more explosive, it's going to have to revolve around guys like Slayton and Robinson stepping up because we've seen Barkley give them everything they could have asked for since the first game of the season. But now if Slayton and Robinson can start doing some things 
that that's going to give them an opportunity to creep forward and actually be a little bit better. Yeah. I think Bellinger, too, the development of yeah. Bellinger. Yeah, I, I shouldn't leave him, him out. And I haven't seen him, and I think it's coming soon. He's going to start going up to see him like Jake Ballard used to do. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen him go up to mm-hmm. see him yet. And I think it's coming. So that's something to watch out. Guys, I love your show. Without you guys, you know what? You guys, you guys, when when we're at our low, you bring us up. When we're when we're too high, you bring us down to level heads. And I love you guys. Thank you so much for your show. Hey, look, rarely is it ever as bad as it looks. Rarely is it ever as good as it yeah. looks. The the exception was the final five or six games of last year. That was as bad as it was as bad as it looked. It might have been worse, John. <laughs> that was as bad as it looked. It might have been worse. Uh, but usually, yeah. you know, usually things aren't quite as high or low as. And as, if you've seen the elbow here, you know it can yeah, get as bad as it looks. It, it can. Um, but you know, here's the thing, Paul, and this is, and he mentioned Bellinger and Jones, and this is where I, I'm not going to call it a struggle. And I had this conversation with with Steve Palazzolo on the huddle that's going to go up tomorrow. So check it out. Like, what they're asking Daniel Jones and Bellinger, also both, why not, to do, they're doing extremely well. Bellinger has done a really nice job blocking, which we expected him to. He came from a run-heavy offense at San Diego State. And he's catching these passes. He's catching these touchdowns. But, you know, with Bellinger, it's not like these great individual plays. Like, he's, he's being used within the scheme and being schemed up to get open. Like we talked about this, I think last week, and I'm like, you know, you watch, you can, I can go back and filter and watch every one of Daniel Bellinger's targets. He beats man-to-man defense maybe once in all those targets. And again, this is not taking anything away from Daniel Bellinger, but I'm having trouble figuring out how to value players because they're being helped so much by the scheme. You know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out where the scheme ends and the player talent begins. And I think in some ways it's the same with Daniel, right? He's, do you know how many passes he's thrown this year that have traveled to 20 yards in the air? 10! It's less than two a game. You know, and this is not Daniel's fault. This is not a criticism of Daniel or the coaches. In fact, it's a praise of them. Praise of them. Right. What they're asking him to do, he's doing well and he's making good, quick decisions. But I don't know, even with better talent around them, if they're asking, if they do end up asking him to do more. What does that look like? And at some point, do we see that this year? Do we not have to see that this year? I don't know the answer to any of that. And I think I still need more data, in my opinion. I need to see him being asked to do more and do well while trying to do more to know exactly what we've got. And again, that does not take anything away from he's done this year because what they've asked him to do, he's done extremely well. But because of the way the offense has worked and the scheme and the, the nature of these games, he hasn't been... This is the best way to put it. Daniel Jones has not been taken out of his comfort zone yet this year. That's true. And that's a good thing. That means mm-hmm. he's playing the right way. He's being disciplined in how he plays. The coaches are you know, being disciplined in how they're coaching. The defense is keeping the team in the game so he doesn't have to get out of his comfort zone. But, like, for example, pro football focus. I know you hate PFF. But I don't care. They track something called big-time throws, right? Which is, you know, really tough throws down the field, you know. Phil Sims talks about those, too. Exactly. So it's a, matter it's, of, a fair, it's a fair thing to look at. It's just a matter of how you classify them, right? Yes. They have him for only two big-time throws this season. It's one of the lowest numbers in the league. His average depth of target, one of the lowest numbers right. in the league. And again, it's good he's not forcing it into these areas when he doesn't have to, because that's how you get interceptions, right? That's the other side of big time throws. You try to make too many big time throws, it's going to turn over, turn into interceptions because you're trying to squeeze the ball into small areas, right? 
So I'm just trying to bring this all together into a complete picture. I'm having trouble doing it. You know what I'm saying? I understand. I do think that number is actually a hell of a lot lower than it is because when I, again, it's how you quantify them. Correct. And I think there will be other people who say big time throws. He has zipped some from 12 to 15 yard BBs mm -hmm. that were in tight spots in very important situations where he hit a guy by threading a needle. Well, and by, by the way, Paul, now, are, I consider that a big time well, throw, and, but it's probably not on their ground. Well, by the way, just just to give you an example, like they have Matt Ryan for only two big time throws this year, right? right. The, you know, Cooper so Rush it, has it, Cooper Rush has three. Right. So there are How other people. How do you people, quantify it? There are other people like Ryan Tannehill has only four. Derek Carr is only six. So mm -hmm. there are other people in the neighborhood. Is my point. This is. One of those times where you can honestly say that the running back provides value far beyond the position that he plays. Because it's allowed Jones to stay in the company. Saquon zone. Barkley mm -hmm. has impacted this team yep. in so many different ways. You know, I agree with that. I'm not I'm not arguing with right? that. He he right now, John, I'm I'm sorry. I appreciate that there are other really great players in this league. Saquon Barkley right now. It would be very hard for you to convince me that he is not the MVP after six games. He's right up there. I mean, I I, I could have voted for him over a Mahomes or a Josh Allen, but okay, that's fine. He's got to be in the conversation for non-quarterbacks. Yes, certainly non-quarterbacks. Non I don't think there's any doubt. Certainly, yes. Um, his impact has not only been felt in the run game. It's it's. I think him and his offense. I think his offensive line plays better. Because he is doing so well, I think if they feed off each other. Oh yeah, look, I've said from the beginning this. Like, right, you cannot, un and I've written it. You see me right? Yes, you cannot yes. underestimate the impact Saquon Barkley has. Well, that's on this why I offense. wasn't afraid to bring no, it up to 100%. you because I I know you understand what I'm mm -hmm. saying, and clearly he has allowed, as you mentioned, Jones to play within his comfort zone and allowed them to be very specific and detailed in how they attack each opponent without having to just get into a track meet. Which is what you're saying, if Daniel Jones and this offense has to get into a track meet, are they prepared to do so, and can they compete in that fashion? Right now, I'm just not so sure they can. Right, but here's my point, right? Like, Daniel's comfortable. All right, I'm just going to tuck it and run for six yards. All right, I'm just going to throw it away. I'm going to get rid of the ball quick. But if he feels the pressure of down 17, then does he hold it the extra second? Yeah. Does he try to squeeze it into the spot? Does that then turn into a strip sack or an interception? Like, these are things that I can't answer the question to because we haven't seen it. You may have looked at it. I did not. I confess. Maybe I'm negligent. I don't think the Giants have been down by three scores at any time in a game no, so far two. this season. I think 14 points was the largest deficit, and I right? believe that was to Tennessee in week one, if I'm Correct. not mistaken. That's as far as I know. I don't think it's been more than 14. How much did they trail the Packers by? And it wasn't more than 14, but it might have also been 14. It was 14. One. It was 14. So they trailed by 14. 17 to 3, I think. Yeah, yeah I think so, exactly. So Tennessee and Green Bay, they both trailed by 14 points. Okay. And I believe it was 17 to 3 in Tennessee, too, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? Yeah, that, yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say. When they get to that three-score deficit, right. now you've got to play the game differently. You can't stick to your game plan anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. We haven't had to see them do that yet. At some point, it will happen, John. And it happens to every NFL team. You can't, no, you can't you, go a whole season no, thinking that your game plan is going to be intact. And it's, You're going to have to break it. And it's funny. In that way, I think the schedule makers really did the Giants a favor. Like, their first five opponents, none of them are – I think none of them average more than 20, 21 points per game. Goes, so that's really – and we talk about yeah. their wide receiver groups. Like, none of these wide receiver groups, except for the for Dallas with CeeDee Lamb, but he had Cooper Rush as the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So throw that out, too. Mm -hmm. And even the Ravens this week – 
Dude, I looked it up. Did you know they played more than two wide receivers in the game twice? I didn't even realize that. They played 11 personnel in the game twice. Yeah. Every other play was two th or three tight ends or, or the fullback. And this is not to disparage what the Giants no, have done. 100%. But this goes back to when the schedule came out in the spring, and I looked at the schedule, and I said, look, this is a developing team that's going to need time to gel and time to grow. Look at the first half of the schedule. Oh, my God. It's made for the Giants because the kinds of opponents that they're going to face will allow them to grow. And to the Giants' credit, they beat the three teams that have the really good histories of being playoff teams in Tennessee, Baltimore, and Green Bay. To no their question. credit. And all, no question. And games that they trailed by double digits in all three of those games. 10 to Baltimore, 14 to Green Bay, 14 to Tennessee. Again, fortunate that those teams' offenses are not as explosive as they have been in the past. And I think that's the thing around the league, though, too. The offenses aren't as explosive this year. Well. And, and 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 we can get to that. But I want to get to Big Trenton. He's been on hold. Big Trenton, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, John? What's going on, Paul? Hi. How you doing, Big? Hey, listen, I, I want to know who puts up all the, the content on the, um, like, on the website because they do an incredible job. Oh, uh, yeah. We, like, yeah, we have just... a team. We have our whole video group down here uh, that puts up all the, you know, edits all the videos. And then we have our group upstairs that, you know, posts most of the stuff. Pearson so. does it all by himself. <laughs> yes, I will give Pearson all the credit. Pearson's a one-man band over there. Absolutely. Yeah, well, he well the, the team does an incredible job because, um, like oh. you know, I'm a nurse and I'm on a nursing unit and I like looking at sights and sounds and it's like you you like you're in the moment like and just to cover four articles it's just y'all do an excellent job. I will pass keeping... that on, Big. Thank you for that. It I'm helps. Sure. It helps when we're winning. I'll say that. <laughs> yes, Michael does. Becton is an absolute genius in putting together a lot of the inside video and the sights and sounds yep. and stuff that you guys see. He's kind of our video director. I believe he has won an Emmy. Yes. yes. I know he's been nominated wow. several times. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, the, our whole group ran one of Emmy for the Eli show this, this year. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. But anyway. One, one wonderful job. That's, and I, I've been a Giants fan since I was five. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of a college called Drew University. My brother Dave took me to a Giants sure. training camp when I was five. I've been a Giants fan ever since. Of course, well, my dad is a Jets fan. He's been a Jets fan since 1960, so I went the other route. I went to the, I went the Giants route, and I just, I just wanted to say y'all do an excellent job. I'm, I listen to every BBK show since the inception of the show. I can't call as much because I'm doing 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. shifts, but I just wanted to call and say y'all do an excellent job of coverage for the Giants. And that's pretty much all I have. And just, I just want us to continue to win. Well, very you, big. And big, make sure you go subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast too, baby. Stay I well. Listen to every Giants, I listen to every Giants Huddle Podcast. <laughs> thank you, I Big. Well, Big, thank you all very right. much for being. Yeah, have a good one. You too, man. Thank you for being such a loyal patron to our content. Thank uh, you. That's awesome. I just hope he has a big bottle of aspirin next to his desk. <laughs> we can get a little rambunctious sometimes. Let's go to, uh, by the way, guys, I mean, we're not even live. We have a freaking full bank of freaking calls. This is, this this is, is really, it's ridiculous. It really I is. I could have done the show solo. I didn't even need you. Uh, <laughs> quite all right, John. No, I appreciate you helping. No one's call. even asked about the streaming. No, <laughs> is that true? No one's asked about it, Pearson? Nope. That's amazing. Wow. You guys, you humble us. Seriously, you really do. Excellent job. Thank okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. 
access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Thank you. Doug and Glenn Falls. And these are new names. Doug and Glenn Falls. What's going on? Hey. Hi. So so your app isn't really working today because I, I was able to come in to ca- talk to you, but I haven't been able to bring my... This big blue kickoff live. No, Doug, we are we, we are basically taping a fake live show right now, so we're happy to have you on the phones. It'll it'll the archive will get posted in about an hour. I jinxed it. Yeah, you did, Pearson. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. That explains a lot. So, is Howard going to be on later in the week? Uh, Howard is going to be on Thursday this week, and we'll see if we can squeeze in Jonathan Casillas on a different day. We're we're working on that. Okay. The, the big question, I guess, I had is, Wink Martindale, I mean, I don't know if it's because he likes the personnel. I'm, I mean, Julian Love, I followed his career when he was at Notre Dame, and and if he hadn't come out, I was afraid for him getting away because that kid, that kid, and his defense, he's becoming a superstar. He's all over the place. And the play he made when he when he intercepted that pass and he kind of baited, baited what you call it, into throwing it, Jackson. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, I, Somebody said that to me, that he baited Jackson, and I had not heard his postgame presser at that point. And I looked at the tape. I'm like, oh, it looks like he's just playing his own defense, and he's kind of sitting there, and he's watching the quarterback. But then he said that's what he was trying to do in his postgame presser. I'm like, that's that's a really nice play. The way he closed makes me believe what he said. Well, he was definitely watching Jackson. No doubt. He was. He had his eyes and locked then, in and on then, And then he broke with a quick close as opposed to kind of filtering around there. He he made sure that he broke quickly at the end. You know, even to be the more impressive thing, Doug, more than him, quote-unquote, baiting him, as, 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 as Julian put it, that's a disciplined play. You know, when, the, when that ball is snapped and it bounces away and it's loose, defenders have a tendency to get very excited and kind of just charge and try to get the ball and they lose their assignment. They lose their discipline. Mm-hmm. Julian Love did it. And, and that's a real credit to him because that can sometimes a play like that. It can turn into a broken play and a big play the other way because the defense loses their assignments. And, and, and he did not do that. I'm going to officially declare him no more duct tape because duct tape is almost an insult to this guy. He's a hell of a safety. I, I'm hoping my bold prediction will come true where he gets the contract extension. I hear season. you, John. Yeah, yeah, you did say that, <laughs> and I hope it, it happens. That end he zone is pass a, breakup, too, that was very yeah. athletic play. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a hell of a safety. He's not a duct tape anymore. He is a hell of a safety. And it's funny. Pearson brought up that, that play in, in the end zone. That's a good point. It's funny. You know who actually saved that play? Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay. Yeah, with the pressure. Because... Yeah. The, Julian Love got double moved on that, and Demarcus Robinson, the guy's like seven yards mm-hmm. wide open mm-hmm. for a touchdown, and it was Kayvon Thibodeau's pressure around the edge that forced Lamar Jackson to tuck the ball, shift in the pocket, not make the initial throw, wait for Robinson to come right. across the field, and that gave Julian Love time to recover to knock that pass away. That was also in the, my game review article yes, that was. I brought up. Yes, it was. T- Thibodeau affecting the game. Yep. Nothing. All right, Doug. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Too much noise in the background there. Sorry, Doug. Um, but yeah, and that was when, you know Thibodeau is starting to do a little bit more. Under, to me, a little underwhelming with the pass rush so far in his first four games. But 
The, what's impressed me about him, though, and look, he's still trying to figure that out. It's fine. I'm not that that isn't a criticism, but he's been really good against the run. He got caught up field against mm-hmm. Dallas on that like first big running play they had, but otherwise he's set the edge well. He's very disciplined. You see him get drops in the coverage sometimes. He's been okay doing that. He's just been a really good football player, even if he hasn't been like the sack monster that everyone expected him to be. On a snap count the first two weeks, coming back off the sprained MCL, you could see he wasn't himself. The last two games, he's getting a lot closer. He's still not there. Physically, I still think he's missing some of the juice we saw in practice over the summer. So I still think there's room for him to continue to get better Mm -hmm. and get some of that back. But it's really good that he's on that right direction and some of that some of that explosion is starting to return. And, you know, again, I, I sometime before the end of the season, hopefully within the next few weeks, we see him get back to as close to hundred percent as possible. Because if you consider him and Williams and Ojolari, even Zimenez, who's done some nice things hope, as well. I hope Ojolari can get back this week. We'll see. I mean, that would be great. It, it, it gives Wink Martindale so many more options with his kaleidoscope defense. 201-939-4513. Our final call of the program will be Jonathan up in Westchester. Jonathan, what's going on? Hi. Jonathan going once. Jonathan going twice. And Did we lose him? Jonathan, give us a call back. Oh. Well, hey, there he is. There he is. Jonathan, what's up? Hey, how are you guys? See, that's why I give people the three counts. So in case you get like, <laughs> oh, I muted myself. I forgot <laughs> I muted myself and I'm trying to thinking. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, so I know it's very early in that, you know, uh, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves, but tell me if you agree with me on this one. I, I see some similarities already between this team and the 1990 Giants team. Uh, you look at the personnel, you know, great running attack, no marquee wide receivers, maybe Wondell could develop into our new Stephen Baker, uh, great defensive line. You know, then you had Leonard Marshall and John Washington. Now it's Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. Um very good safety play. I will let I our resident to... 1990 expert Paul Dettino address this one. I can't even go yeah, there. Not, not even close. Not even close. The 1990 team, that Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks, Pepper Johnson, Leonard Marshall, the, the guys who were on that team. That was Everson Walls too, right? Everson was on that team. Dave Dorson was the dime back. I mean, no, 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 no. This is not the 1990 Giants. It's not even close. How about the Paul the defensive schemes though? I mean, I know you know. Again, it was Bill Belichick, greatest ever. But you know the way that they're scheming and they know how to win. And then you have Andrew Thomas, who's having a Jumbo Elliott type year right now. So. Well, I agree with that. Andrew Thomas yeah. is is playing like Jumbo did at left tackle. Look, yeah. here's what I will say. I I have gone past my Vince Lombardi affection and said Bill Belichick is the greatest football coach head coach that 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 has ever lived. I've I've gone there. Okay, and I'll stick with that. Belichick's number one. Uh, I will tell you, he was a mastermind defensive coordinator. I think similarly about Wink Martindale. Am I going to rank him? No, I'm simply going to say that right now in this league, and it's been now for a few years because of his Baltimore tenure, Wink Martindale is about as good as it gets. He's right up there with Spags. You know, John knows how I feel about Spags. I put Spags on the very top shelf as well. And I think Wink is right up there on that level. That's as far as I'm going to go. But I can't compare this team to the 90 team. I can't. Yeah, I think no, it, is, I it has more 2016 vibes to me and how they're winning a lot of close games at the end. Now, it's different. They don't have an Odell Beckham Jr. like they had in 2016 and stuff like that. But the way they're winning or games, Cruz even. close, low-scoring, one-score games, yeah. 
it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah, that's probably a better way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I hear you on the linebackers. Obviously, those are enormous shoes to fill. Um, but I remember they did get off to a fast start in 1990 also, which is similar to this year. I don't think they lost in 1990 for, for I don't know, I think it was 10 weeks. Yeah, yeah, but again, you're talking about it. I mean, Phil Simms was the quarterback. He had already won a Super Bowl was championship. That? Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, and that was Phil's second run at the ring until he got hurt in the Buffalo game. I mean, no, I, I just, I can't. Rodney Hampton and Otis Anderson and, and uh, Bob Bavaro. No, no, no. I can't not compare this team to that team. I will not do it. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate the call. Buddy. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Good stuff, man. And that's, look, 5-1, and one, great. Enjoyed. It's great. But just understand what you're looking at. Yeah, you can't put those guys in the same room no. with a team that accomplished the Lombardi Trophy. No, no, not yet. You can't do that. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're ways off from that. How about though. this team just make the playoffs? Wouldn't that be phenomenal? Yes. And by, oh, by the way, that yes, actually, I'm happy you bring that up. And I promised people that I would get to their tweets today, by the way, so I will get to your Twitter questions like in a jiffy, um, in a jiff. But first, I want to give you one Jiffy Pop. I don't know where the hell I got that from. I am shot today, man. I'm so tired. I've getting no sleep. My kid's waking up with a cold like at 4 a.m. every morning. It's killing me. I can't even put sentences together. So our buddy Chris Brown, who covers the Bills up there on their One Bill Live show for the, for the, for the Bills website, Paul, he put this up there. Week 6 record update. Since 1990, when they started the new format, for teams that start 5-1, and one, I thought this was a little bit low on it. It's 83%. 84.1% have yeah. made the playoffs. Yeah. So there's still a 16% chance you don't make the playoffs at 5-1, and one, which I thought was a little bit higher than I thought, to be quite honest 2009 with you. 2009 Giants, 5-0. They were 5-0. Yeah. Oh. Finished, what, 7-9 or 8-8? 8-8. 8-8, yeah. Okay, that's one of the teams that falls into the 16%. Yeah. So won the division, 61.9%. Win the Super Bowl, 9.7%. All right, I got a couple tweets. I promised I'd get to them. I will get All to right, them. All right, and we got to Here run. we go. Um, Steven Sperry, Paul, what are your observations on why the Giants can score touchdowns in the red zone and close out close games this year? I'll quickly say touchdowns in the red zone, running the football well, and then some creativity, too, with the passing game, which I think helps. I concur. Okay, I think that's huge. I think the run blocking this year has not been talked about enough. The pass pro still has some work to do, but I think the run blocking is significantly, significantly better, better this year than it was last year. Uh, Frankie, at Frank's underscore famous, what do you think is the ceiling of the pass rush when everyone is healthy? Don't really know. I think the sky's the limit. I mean, there's a lot of talent there spread out across a number of players. And with Wink's creativity, I you know what? Seriously, I, I don't I don't even want to put a ceiling on it. I don't know. I don't know. If all of those guys are clicking at their capabilities and their potential, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, is one of those guys going to be an elite guy, though? I don't know. There's a lot of guys that are good. Well, we talk about Batman and Robin all the time. Right, but if you throw four, like, souped-up Robins out there, then you're still looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think at some point Thibodeau could be a Batman, but because of the injury and the slow start, I don't know that he's going to be there this year. He just hasn't gotten there yet, exactly. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Michael says, you know what, I I like Evan. I don't want to be mean. Michael James says, I don't know much about the Jaguars other than to make them throw to Evan Ingram, which is not 24 catches so far this year puts him on pace for over over 80 catches. Giant fans. Which would be a career high. I know you guys don't like Evan we love him. He's just such a good dude. Great guy. Great guy. And he tried hard. He cared. Like, yeah, he he dropped some big ball. He wanted to stay here, passes. too. I get it. He's, and yeah, he's been productive as a receiver in their passing he's game. A, he absolutely he's a has. a good player. Final question, and you can choose to answer that if you want, Paul. Uh, Chris Olgi, Olgi, 
Is Daniel Jones a top five cornerback in the NFC? NFC. Today, right now. All right. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. You can put them aside. Stafford, you can put that aside. Right. And to be honest with you? Given track record, those three have to be above him. Without a question. Cousins. You have to. Just the, based on resume. Agreed. Dak. Based on resume, you have to. So okay. that's five. So that's five. So he's so he's not. According according to resumes. Now by the end. Yeah, I would say Jalen Hurts is another guy, but I don't I don't want to get into the Jalen Hurts debate and with Paul. Resume's so short. Correct. I don't I don't want to put a guy I'm, with such a short resume boy, on a list. And boy, that their running game is tough to defend. Yeah, it really is. And, and their line's real good. Really good. Um and he's got two good receivers. So, too. you know, here here's here's what I will say. I think by the by the time the season's over, we'll have a better idea of where we can grade Daniel Jones. Right now, he's the right fit for this team. Kyler Murray, too, I'll throw in there, too. I'm, I'm, you know I'm not a Kyler Murray I, guy. I don't want to get into that. Debate. And that's okay, too. That's fine, too. But, but here's the point. And by the way, not for another way, Gino Smith is playing this year. Holy cow. That yeah, really. playing is, you know, one-off. Ooh. It's always about who's the right guy for the right fit for the right team at yep. the right time. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again now. I might as well bring it out, John. Roethlisberger, Rivers, Eli. All three guys landed in the best place they could have landed. Eli landed here, and he won two rings. Ben landed in Pittsburgh, and he won two rings. Rivers put up a ton of numbers. He'll go to the Hall of Fame. Didn't get any rings with the Chargers. But here's the bottom line. I don't think Ben would have been as successful in New York or California as he was in Pittsburgh. I don't think Uh Eli would have been as successful in Pittsburgh or California as he was in New York. I don't think any of those three guys, I've, had you swap places, would have won like they did. I agree with you 100%. I think all those quarterbacks wind up exactly where they're supposed to. They exa- That's it. Mm-hmm. The fit. It's about I the agree. fit. Right now, Daniel Jones is the best fit for this team. Right now, he's a great fit for this team. Kyler Murray would not be a great fit for this team. Now, right. And then the question is, at the you end know, of the year, when you have to put monetary value on that, then... You got that's the that's the tough thing. That's to where about. it gets tricky because the business now gets involved. Yep. But mm-hmm. you know, you just you just have to accept what you have, see how it functions, how it meshes together, and then the results are gonna have to speak for themselves. Daniel Jones is still a work in progress, but I like the way he fits for this team. Paul, good stuff. Yes, sir, John. Thanks for subbing. Glad Guys, again, here. great job on the phones. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Pearson, thanks for trying to figure this out today with us. We appreciate it. And uh, I should remind everybody, go get the Giants TV app. Uh, brings original video content, game highlights on demand, and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. And we still got a bunch of good Giant games coming up, folks. Limited tickets are available for all remaining Giants home games, including a matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles on December 11th. That could be for a division lead. We'll see how it goes in the next month and a half. Visit Giants.com slash tickets to find your game this season and secure your seat. For Tatino, for Pearson, we'll see you tomorrow. Adios. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.
Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.